The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about some non-traditional marketing tactics. Joining us is Eric Jensen, who is the owner of Predictive ROI, which is a seven-figure marketing agency that helps businesses monetize their position of authority. And today, Eric and I are going to talk about converting podcasts into sponsorships. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Eric Jensen of Predictive ROI. Eric, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Glad to be here, Ben. Really appreciate it. Excited to have you on the show and excited to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts. (laughs) Obviously, it's the primary source of our revenue. We have a podcast. We try to sell sponsorships for it to pay for the podcasts. This is something that you do as well. Talk to me about your playbook. What's the secret sauce? So when it comes to sponsorships, there really isn't any secret sauce, just like any other marketing or sales effort. Damn. I know. (laughs) I hate to burst the bubble. But I think that there's a lot of lessons that can be learned about sponsorship opportunities when you think about podcasts and really other properties. So the first thing that I would really recommend if anybody is looking at sponsorship opportunities is to take a good hard look at what you really have to offer from a property side. So your podcast episode, like we're doing right now, that is a property, it is a sponsorable piece of content, but it's certainly not the only sponsorable piece of content that comes out of each one of your episodes. So you have show notes, you have emails, you have social media, you have downloadable assets, you have a website, you have all sorts of different places within your company. And each one of those is a sponsorable property for the right person. I want to take it up a level here and talk about the difference between a sponsorship and a marketing campaign. Because honestly, this is something that we struggle with is we sell sponsorships that range between, I don't know, 10 to 20, $25,000 for a campaign. We call them sponsorships, but really they are truly marketing campaign, advertorial content. We do advertising. We're retargeting the listeners of people of specific contents with ads, all sorts of fun marketing gadgetry to get the people who are listening and in market for a specific product to engage with our sponsors, understand what their offers are, and actually redeem them. So in other words, you're doing it the right way. Well, it's a marketing campaign, right? People are interested in using podcasts and the audience that we've built to promote their products and services. Right. And then there's a sponsorship, which is, we love what you're doing. We want to give you some money to keep doing what you're doing. 
And we call one the other and we kind of blend them together. And to me, sponsorship sounds altruistic and a marketing campaign sounds like it is a marketing tactic or a business driver. Do you disintermediate between the two or are we just replacing the same term? Oftentimes we don't simply because they're so conflated when people think about the terms that it's not necessarily worth re-education or differentiating between them. Instead, it's really about differentiating between the results. And I think that's the big difference that you outlined there is one of them, you are passively adding something in. And quite frankly, the result outcome for the sponsor, as you define it, right? It's more of an altruistic, here's some money, keep doing what you want to do. We may or may not get anything out of this. That is one side of it. And then the other side of it is we're looking for a specific outcome. We're looking to use this as a tool to grow our business. And really, we're only going to help folks with finding the sponsor that is going to move the needle for that sponsor. It's got to be a win-win. Otherwise, it's going to go away. And you can't build a business on that. I feel like the other thing that people do is they confuse sponsorship with advertising. Oh, well, I'm interested in your sponsorship package. What's your CPM? How much am I going to buy your ads for? And it should be, if you're a podcaster, $25 to $50 CPMs. We don't sell on a CPM basis. Are people confusing sponsorship with an ad campaign as well? So when someone approaches you, they're often going to have that confusion. If you are looking to go out and find a person to sponsor your content or to pay you for exposure through your channels, I think you need to change the conversation around. Because if you're paying per thousand impressions, that may not work for some of the businesses. In fact, that may not work for the majority of businesses. So instead, what you want to do is you want to lean into your niche and you really want to make sure that the folks that you are connecting with, the audience that you basically act as a gatekeeper for, you're doing a really good job of cultivating that niche. You don't want to be everything for everybody because as a potential buyer of that space, I'm not going to buy it. I'll use this as a really simple example. If you are focused on selling software to agency owners that run businesses between one and $10 million, if that's what I'm interested in selling a sponsorship to and being in front of, I'm only going to look for content that focuses on exactly that business niche. And if I know that, I also know the customer lifetime value that I've got. And so I might go, okay, every time I land a client, roughly that's worth $7,000 to me. Now, I don't need to have very many wins sponsoring your content in order to pay for that sponsorship, even at $20,000. As soon as I hit three wins off of being in front of your audience, which is perfectly targeted for what it is that I want to sell, I'm already starting to make money, right? So that's good. I had this conversation yesterday. We're testing out a new promotional vehicle on our new podcast, the Revenue Generator Podcast. And the company that's doing the marketing for us asked, well, who are you trying to reach? And I'm like, the Revenue Generator podcast is focused primarily on what we call the revenue generation, but people that are running a revenue organization, a marketing organization, a sales organization, right? And there's a blending of those three departments. And this conversation gets into how you know we're graying the lines between the silos of the three major departments that drive revenue. So we're looking for CROs, CMOs, VPs of products, that type of targeting. And he says, well, we'll target those areas. And I'm like, you should be targeting the places where those people would hang out because there are more than just those specific titles that would be potential listeners to the podcast. 
moral of the story is when you're thinking about advertising and sponsoring, to me, it's not just is my exact target profile listening is if my target profile is hanging out here, there are other people that I'm not aware of that might be interested in. So I guess what I'm getting at is we're talking about podcasting. How do you figure out how to convert those podcasts into sponsorships? Let's talk about it from the advertiser's perspective. How do you figure out which podcasts you should be sponsoring? Yeah. So if you are the advertiser, you want to look for the podcast that is aligned with your audience. So Pam Slim calls these peanut butter and jelly relationships. So they're putting out content that is complementary and non-competitive and it is helpful to the audience that you want to be serving. Okay. So you know that your audience is in that pond. It also has to be aligned values wise. So if a particular medium that you're putting your advertising through is not aligned with the way that your company does business, that is a bit of a problem. So for instance, if you're an organization that is all about being really careful about adopting tech, unless it's absolutely necessary, you love to do everything the traditional way, you're probably not going to want to advertise on a podcast that's all about embracing the latest technology. It's because they're opposed to what they're going to be looking for as an audience. So I really think that that's a part of what many podcasters overlook or many content creators overlook is whether or not they align with the values of the sponsor itself. So there's a matchup of what are your values, obviously the targeting and who is listening to the podcast and making sure that they overlap with your audience. That's table stakes, right? Right. That's a gimme. And then I think the other piece is what sort of a relationship you want to have with that particular content creator. So we'll use your podcast as an example of this. Uh-oh. I know, it's terrifying. But uh, no. <laughs> so let's say you had a sponsor from the Acme company. So the Acme company comes to you and says, hey, we'd love to be able to connect more with your audience. They're exactly the sort of folks that we enjoy talking to and who we can help. We love the content that you've been putting out. It's aligned with the way that we see business and helping people as well. We want to talk about some options about what it looks like to actually get in front of your audience. One is you can just say, cool, send me a pre-canned sponsorship piece and we'll plug it in and we'll stick it in. The other one is maybe I'm actually going to live read that. So you could literally talk about the Acme company while you're in it. And then the third one is what happens if you have someone from the Acme company on the podcast to talk, right? Each one of those gives a completely different context and relationship with your audience. And then what is the ecosystem that you're building around that to really help those sponsors be a part of the evolution of your consumer value, your buyer journey. Like you have people that come in and have never heard of you or any of the content that you've ever produced. This is going to be the first podcast that they ever hear, the first email that they ever read, the first blog post that they ever consume. They're not very far into your buying journey. They're not very far into trusting and knowing you. So if you were to slam a bunch of advertising in the front there, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for you or for your sponsor, right? You want to give sponsors the opportunity to grow along with your audience in their trust of your content. So ideally, you're going to be presenting a, a sponsor, an opportunity to get involved at multiple stages of your marketing funnel. Everything from the very low context entry stuff at the top of the funnel, all the way down to high context conversations, webinars, things along those lines at the bottom of the funnel. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Let's talk a little bit about monetization. When you think about what a podcast sponsorship costs, I mentioned before that often people are thinking about advertising as the $25 to $50 CPMs. It's a terrible model for the podcasters unless you're Joe Rogan or somebody that's got a giant audience. Right. And that's relatively few. Yes, it's very few. How are podcasters monetizing? How should you think about what to pay if you're sponsoring a podcast? How can you think about what you should be making? So this is one I actually really love. It starts with, again, niche, not a big surprise there. You have to know something about who it is that they're trying to sell to. And then again, that ecosystem around your audience, the source of industries, businesses, et cetera, that are going to be able to help them. And then what you want to do is you want to look at what the average value is per customer that comes in. So if my average sale is $10,000, then you charging me $50, I'm like, yeah, I'll sponsor you all day long, right? That's not a problem at all. $50 for a potential $10,000 return, but you as a podcaster are going to make nothing. I mean, you're not even going to pay for your time to have that conversation, let alone put those ads in place. So instead, you want to really talk about what is the value that you are bringing to the potential sponsor. Treat them as a strategic partner. Don't treat them as an advertiser. Talk to them like you would a strategic partner, not an advertiser. There are many companies out there that would love to be aligned with the right brand, the right audience, and the right thought leader to be able to get in front of those folks and accelerate that relationship building if it's the right audience. Give them that opportunity to do that. They're not going to be as interested in how many people you have listening to your podcast. You can sell sponsorships for podcasts that get a couple hundred downloads a month and make tens of thousands of dollars in sponsorship if it's the right audience, and if it's the right company that wants to sponsor with you because it's valuable to them. So not all listeners are created the same. Therefore, they shouldn't be compensated the same. If you have a more niched, more valuable audience, you can charge more. What are some of the ways that podcasters are thinking about the value of their podcast? We've talked about the revenue that we generate for this podcast. We're a couple hundred thousand dollars annually in sponsorship revenue. We try to be open and upfront. We're ten to $20,000 per sponsorship. 
if you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year per podcast, is the podcast worth a million dollars? Is it worth what your one year revenue is? How do you think about what the value is of the content you're creating? Ultimately, the value of what it is that you're creating is worth what you can sell it for. You might have the world's best product. And if you can't figure out how to communicate that value proposition, it doesn't really matter. On the other hand, if you can have something that is pretty average, but you're extremely good at communicating that value proposition, you're going to get more value out of that. So I think most, I'm not even going to say podcasters, I'm going to say content creators are really bad at valuing what it is that they create for two reasons. One, either because they've already created it and they're like, honestly, if I get anything, that's better than what I would have gotten if somebody pays for placement on there. And the second reason is because they haven't done a good job of articulating that value proposition to the person who'd want to spend money on it. I think a big part of it is that most people who are content creators are creators. And there's some form of artistry in what they're doing. And that's a stereotype. Inherently, artists aren't great at being salespeople. And so therefore, they don't know how to find the right sponsors, what to charge. So walk me through the process if you're a creator, podcast, or otherwise. What's the playbook to make sure that you're finding the right people who are potential sponsors and then actually securing the deal? So I'm going to make a distinction right here at the very beginning. If you are a solopreneur creator and you're uncomfortable with sales, this process is extremely difficult. Because every time you go out and try to do any of the work to sell sponsorship for your content is going to feel like a massive, massive burden. So everything that I'm about to describe otherwise is going to sound like, that sounds like a ton of work that I don't want to do. (laughs) That sounds horrible. And that's why you make money doing it. (laughs) Right. It's because many people don't. So there are fewer opportunities for folks. And I think that some people think that if they create something great enough, all of a sudden someone is going to kick down their door and throw money at them and be like, ah, I just want to be in front of your audience. You know, that happened to me once. It does happen. But out of the revenue that you get annually from your podcast, how much of that is from that lightning strike? One twenty-fourth. Right. So it makes a big difference on whether or not you're being proactive about how you approach it versus reactive. If your plan is to be a great content creator and then hope that the world is going to show up and throw money at you, It could happen. I'm just saying probably don't bet your house on it or anything along those lines. So if you are looking to be proactive, if you're looking to to change the conversation around what it looks like to generate revenue from your content, once again, you got to know your audience, then look at the ecosystem around that audience. Identify 25, 30 businesses that you could have a conversation with. And they're out there. There's lots of people that want to serve the same audience that you do. I bet if you and I sat down for 15 minutes, we could come up with dozens of different businesses that serve the same audience who is listening to this podcast right now. And we could triage those and we could say, these are the ones that are direct competitors. These are the ones that don't compete with us in any way, shape or form. And once you have that list, now you get to be proactive. You get to start looking at what sort of a story you want to tell to be able to attract those businesses to your platforms. You can actually research those companies. You can understand what are the pain points that they're really looking to solve. Maybe you can have them on as a podcast guest and you can say like, hey, it's really fascinating what you're doing over here. This is a pain point that my audience deals with on a regular basis. I'd love to have you on the show to be able to talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes. Great. That starts the conversation that starts the relationship. And then you follow it up with, boy, you know, we got really good feedback on that episode. I actually had a bunch of people that were asking some additional questions about that. I'm wondering, could you do something else where we could co-teach a little bit together? 
And what you do is you develop that relationship through shared knowledge, and you can transform that into a great sale of, hey, I think that this would be really lucrative. We sell sponsorships. This is what they cost. And from everything that I've been told and everything we've been seeing, your content fits really, really well with what it is that we teach. And because I know your business model, I know that it's going to be lucrative for you at this price. Now I've taken all the guesswork out of it. I'm no longer hoping someone's going to show up and give me money. I'm no longer doing blind pitches and just hoping that if I send out a proposal that someone's going to go, ah, that's the guy. And I'm no longer relying on other third-party sources to go out and sell my sponsorships and take a portion of that, all of which is viable. But instead, what you're doing is you're taking the sales process, which you're going to have to go through either way, right? You're taking the sales process and you're leveraging that into great content. So even if it falls through, okay, you still got great content out of it. You haven't wasted your time and you've developed a really strong relationship. You become a lot smarter on the stuff around that that's going to be helpful for your audience. There's no losses in any of those stages. And at the end of it, if they're the right fit, you've got a prime opportunity to be able to then move them into a sponsorship. I think that what you're talking about is the upsell model, which is you're bringing people into the community that you've built. You're having them participate in the creation. They get to understand who you are, the value of the content that you create. And then once they have a first party view at how valuable that content is, then there's more of a desire and a need to think about paying to actually continue to participate. It's a great way to start driving sponsorships. Sure, there's opportunities for cold outreach. Yes, agencies are also helping connect sponsors to podcasters and creators as well. But there's always the opportunity to take the bull by the horns yourself, work with the people that you already know, and start driving some revenue to your business. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Eric Jensen, the owner of Predictive ROI, for joining us in part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Eric and I are going to continue the conversation and talk about using content as the Trojan horse for sales. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Eric, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can visit his company's website, which is PredictiveROI.com. And at Predictive ROI, they're offering to give away the Sell with Authority book. You can go to PredictiveROI.com slash free dash book to get your copy for free. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.